Talk football. My name is Jake Charner. This is Jake Hughes, aka Hughesy. Hello. And we are here to once again talk about football. First of all, we just have to apologise. Obviously, you haven't done a podcast in quite a few months, but life gets on top of you. Um, we both have sort of daily things to do, but that's you know just what happens. But we are back, and we are just going to try and do a couple more podcasts before the end of the season. Um, we have a lot of the running to talk about. Uh, Hughesy, what, what would you want to talk about first? I think. We'll go straight into, well, hi everyone, by the way, sorry we've been away so long, I'm sure you've all missed us greatly, but uh, yeah, well, I was thinking about having a chat about, we're getting towards the end of the season, and uh, it's about that time of the year where everyone starts talking about the best players, worst players, etc., but I thought we'd just look at the underachievers of the season and the overachievers of the season, because a lot of the time you're talking about your top four and your relegation fodder and all that, but then you sort of the mid-table you just kind of ignore don't you I suppose but there's still there's no like for for Southampton stuff it's, it's strange because different teams will have different targets and it must be weird being like a like a, a West Brom fan because I suppose like for them eighth's a, a great finish you'd say before the start of the season but then mm. you consider recently and I feel like they just don't win anymore <laughs> and they're still eighth so yeah but yeah, there's there's a lot to talk about. I know we've been away for a long time, so we'll. we'll... Have you got anyone in mind that this season you think's particularly overachieved in the uh, in the prem? Overachieved is it? Overachieving is interesting because, to be honest, I would I would actually say, and this is kind of a weird one. I would actually say, Everton have overachieved. Um, okay. Because if if you look at where Everton are now, you've got the top six teams, which should be the top six teams, in my opinion, which is Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, Man City, United, Arsenal. And then you've got Everton, who've constantly been sort of clipping the heels of whoever's been sixth. You know, they, 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 they've been above you a couple of times, if only yeah. momentarily. Um, they're only, they are like sort of five points behind Arsenal now with a couple of games in hand, but, that's, but they've sort of been clipping the heels. And I think, considering the sort of signings that teams that are not in the top six and not challenging for top four are able to get, I think they've actually done quite well in terms of where they've been able to push onto this season. They're probably going to end up with Europa. Uh, the thing with Everton is, it's a tricky one because a lot of their fans like and the club, their ambition is to be like breaking into that top six, but the realisticness is, <clears throat> well, the reality of the situation is they don't have the budget to compete with the majority of the top six. Yeah. And they have to compete every year with keeping the best players. But I, I don't. Seven for me is that that they should be seventh. That sounds stupid, yeah, but yeah. they're the best of the rest, aren't they? Like, yeah, yeah. But yeah. then again, I can't. I don't think you can say they've overachieved at seventh. To be honest with you, because they've they've got the top scorer in the league. They've got a, a manager who. I don't want to say he sees the club as a stepping stone, but the way he speaks about wanting to manage Barcelona, I mean, it's understandable, but he, I don't think he sees his future at Everton realistically. And you've got the best player who probably doesn't see his future at Everton. It's hard for him, but... 
they're in a cycle of they can't become what they want to be without spending big time. And I know they've got relatively newish owners who apparently are more willing to uh, to spend. But if if they don't get a big influx, if they lose Lukaku, yeah, and it, it you never know. They might lose Coleman to Barcelona. I suppose it's still a possibility. I doubt it this year, but it might happen in the future if he continues to do well. But. but I I think at the start of the season, I I would I saw Everton. I didn't really see them as what they are now, which is like what you said, which is like the best of the rest. I saw them more as a team that would be sort of battling for those that sort of seven, eight, nine places with you know possibly Leicester considering they won the league last season. I thought they were yeah. To, to be fair to them, they're clearly the the seventh by a mile. I think there's like thirteen points. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. But but I mean, I thought I would have seen them a lot closer to sort of Southampton, Leicester. Uh, West Ham, considering how well they did last season, is that not more to do with them under it? Like you look, it was. We'll go on to Leicester. Yeah, yeah. You're, are you saying it's more to those, those teams under it? Yeah, especially Leicester. It was almost a little bit expected, but when you go from winning the league to ninth, I mean, with the start they had, it's yeah, you have to consider them underachievers. But well, the you mentioned West Ham. They're they're the West big Ham underachievers for me. I yeah, think yeah. in in twelfth. I mean. I know they lost Payet. He went in January, didn't he? He did go in January. I, I think the biggest part about West Ham this season, I think everyone knows it was that stadium move. If, if you've oh, been... It's a strange one, that, that that's such a thing. And I know, like, <clears throat> we spoke about it. I know we did an earlier podcast. And we said, we said like... I mean, the proof's in the pudding with Tottenham. They can't win at Wembley. It's, it's, yeah. it's almost like a mindset, isn't it? But I just... For the squad they have and the budget, they have... Arguably a better budget than Everton. Well, at least they have had until recently. Yeah. So I don't. You never know. Like it's the strange West Ham because they lose what you consider like an easy home game, and then like they end Tottenham's title ups over the like, on Friday with a, a great one nil home win against Tottenham. Who Tottenham have been arguably the form team in the Prem again lately. So yeah, it's weird because the amount of times you were about maybe Billich is not going to stay. I, I I don't know where they'd go if they got rid of Billich because I feel like I, I don't think Billich was was is that good of a manager. I have to say I have to say that now because I when he was brought in, I understand. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a very close player that so that sort of stuff. But he is not. He's he's done well for what they were, but if you were to have a better man better manager in there, I reckon he could have done better last season, especially. Um, and he doesn't really know how to. He's not been able to drag them out of, you know, the sort of rut they've been in this season. And I know there's, I know there's, there's additional factors. For example, the yeah, the stadium and stuff. But I think if they were to sack Billich and get someone else in, you would see them as a top ten team next season rather than battling a relegation. That's my. It's, diffi- it's difficult to say who you'd replace. <clears throat> who would you replace him with? Like, who's out there that you could replace him with? I mean, I, it's hard to speculate on something like that. But would I, you, say, would you I mean, say if you look a hole and you look a hole, they got they got Marco Silva in. That, I was about to say Marco Silva. What would you suggest? Because there's a lot of reports linking him to well Southampton. With apparently they're not sure. The owners aren't sure whether like Claude Puel's taking them in the right direction. I don't think Southampton have had a terrible season. I think they're sitting in tenth. Yeah, I don't think they've moved on from where they were before. I, I think people were saying about underachieving, and maybe it's a little harsh to say they're underachieved, but have they? Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I think 
for Southampton, I think that's sort of where they should be. But I think the reason that you'd say that they're over, they're they're underachieving, sorry, is because of how good they've looked in previous seasons, especially on Kuman. Um and you know the te- teams they've been able to beat. But I mean, you got to think, you know, they they did really well in the League Cup. The teams they knocked out on the way there as well um, was pretty good. Is is a is a cup run and. I think a cup run does mean more to like, not saying teams like Southampton, but it's a little bit harsh to say that, but a cup run definitely means something, it means something to everyone, it means something to me as a United fan, I assume like you're going to the FA Cup final like as a Chelsea fan, means something to you, and don't forget at the end of the day like, Southampton did have a Europa League, they were in the group stage of the Europa League, which they went out in the group? They did go out in the, uh, yeah, they did go out in the group, I don't think they were in the same group, did they go up in the same group? <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think them and Inter went up together. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, maybe they would have preferred. I'm not sure whether you can say like it as a Southampton fan. Would you rather like your team sort of target the Europa League? There, I, I don't know, but mm. um, it's strange because they're probably not going to get in the Europa. Well. You never see them in a similar vein to Everton. Not so much because Everton have slightly like a better budget and stuff like that. And arguably have slightly more... Well, they do have more quality in the squad now. But Southampton, they're just always going to sell the best players again. That's the thing. They're never going to keep hold. Like Fonte went West Ham. Yeah. Everyone goes Liverpool. All the best players, pretty much. You know, that's like... Gabbiadini will move on, I think. Van Dijk yeah. is obviously already in. I don't think. I don't think maybe not this summer. But Gabbiadini is a good player, and I was actually pretty surprised that Napoli let him go for. Just, just he's done. He's done well for him. He's definitely done well yeah. for him. But Van Dijk uh, definitely is. is very, he's, he's, he's been world class man. Um, I'd be shocked if they all. If it's one of them things as well, you wouldn't be surprised if you saw like Ward Prowse going to like Liverpool or something like that. Yeah. Or at maybe Arsenal or <clears> you know <throat> something like that. Maybe even Everton. Yeah. But. It's difficult. I always I sympathise with these clubs because it's they're forever in that cycle of their best players. They can almost force themselves like out, and then because of this, where Southampton are financially, mm. they just can't compete, and they're going to have to sell. Like if someone comes in and offers twenty five, thirty million for like Ward Prowse, twenty five million, thirty million, maybe maybe a bit well, more. This is, this is the thing. The if, if Southampton Dye, actually did. If Southampton actually sold, because like, obviously you just mentioned, like obviously a lot of Southampton players go to sort of like Liverpool, Liverpool have bought so many in the last few years, and they've all been sort of around fees for like sort of 20, 25 million. If yeah. Southampton had a player who would go to a top, because obviously all these players are sort of going to sort of like fifth, fourth clubs. If they had a player that they sold that went to a top club, um, not that I'm saying Liverpool's a top club, but you know what I mean? They've not been win the league in the last two seasons but like so if for example Chelsea or for example another big European club came in for a Southampton player and they spent like 50-60 million on one of those sort of players I reckon Southampton would then get out of that sort of rut of selling every single player they need because they wouldn't have to it's pretty like I could see Van Dijk being someone who's who a lot of clubs would pay big money for I know what you're saying there so say say they sold Van Dijk and Ward Prowse, and they got a combined <laughs> seventy to eighty million for him. Yeah, I don't. The think issue you then have is trying. It, it's not as easy as buying seventy, eighty million pounds worth of players that improves your squad because 
it's difficult to find players. It, not you never sign two, three, four players at once and all of them be a, like a smash success. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's rare. Tottenham did the same thing for years ago, didn't they? When they got the bail money, it, yeah, it's difficult. Really. Like it's harder to some. Quite often, it's the case. It's harder to replace than it is. But I, I wouldn't think. Sell. I wouldn't think they would go out and buy. If they, I don't. I don't think if they get eighty million for, for, for example, let's say those two players, uh, they would then go out and spend the whole eighty million. I think they'll probably get one big signing for about thirty, thirty-five, and then. Yeah, but who, who, what sort of thirty-five million signing wants to go to Southampton? As as harsh as that sounds, it all comes. I think it all comes down to the manager at the end, doesn't it? Really, I don't know. Would as a player, would Claude Puel attract you to the club? No, it wouldn't attract me. That's what I mean. I don't think he. I, I, I don't <laughs> particularly think he's a, a bad manager. I don't think he's done a lot wrong at Southampton, but he's he's not like someone that stands out as an exciting manager that you'd want to work under. But, is but it? you have to be you say that. But Gabbiadini was at Napoli before. And, yeah, uh, yeah, but and he was he, bit, he was fringe, weren't he? Like, was he? Was he sort of? He, he 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 had a few starts. I'm not saying he was their their starting striker, but he did have a few starts. Would you want us to play maybe like five to ten games a season? For Napoli, you a, a good European like side, like they're in Europe every year, and yeah, I don't, I like, I like to watch Napoli. They're fun, they're exciting to watch. They play fast attacking football, all that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah. you'd rather play thirty-five games for Southampton, sure. I don't know. It depends. I think it depends. It depends because you've got it's much more of a showcase being at Napoli. You're in, you know, European competitions. Um, <clears throat> you're playing in you're play, playing in a league which I think is is obviously Serie A. It's like the reputation is is getting better and better by every day. But would you rather play for a mid-table Premier League club? It depends. It's difficult. Is, is the Premier League that good? It, it, that good that some it, that people will happily sit on like Napoli's bench rather than play first team for Southampton. I suppose it depends on the character of the player as much as anything. Yeah. Um, overachievers, I would probably say as well. I'd, I'd say between Bournemouth and Burnley because I don't. I Burnley have, as I said this before, I really like Sean. Like she's just consistently getting the best out of it. To, at, at best, I'd say average players. Some some of them are decent, like but like. At no, best, yeah, it's a fair. Players. They have a. Realistically, um, you look at their squad and you don't think it's a squad that can go to Old Trafford and get a point and beat so many teams like at home, they, big they, teams. They, they, they not just they've not just beaten like. The, sort of the teams in and around, and they've beaten like your Liverpool's and yeah stuff like that. So put teams like that, and it should have should have got a point out of Arsenal. I, I don't remember what happened with. I think Tottenham did Tottenham win there. We anyway, we, we but the point it. is, though, Burnley. Yeah, I, I agree with you. There's, they have overachieved with a, a small, a pretty small squad, and a squad of players like you say you wouldn't really expect to be. It's, I think it's all. It's not quite, but it's relatively safe to say. You've never really thought, "Oh, Burnley are in a relegation battle." Have you this year? No, I, I they've done well for themselves this season. Bournemouth have done well as well. Um, and it's just it's it's weird if you look at the, at the relegation sort of clubs. Um, it's thought, funny as well, like something that doesn't really get discussed that much. But there's been a lot more. British managers doing well in the Prem this year. I mean, like Pulis has done well, like you say, Eddie Howe, yeah, John Dyche. I, I said, but then again, you look at the top seven and you, you haven't got a British manager there. So no, I don't think I don't think you. 
I don't think that's really a thing that's discussed as much anymore. I don't know. It's weird though because like Cause from England's point of view, an ex England manager, no, not not always the case now. But you want to be sort of the FA will be thinking we want an English manager as the England manager. Yeah. Hence why they've probably given it Southgate rather than looked around sort of thing because there was a lot linking. It's strange to say it, but there was a lot linking Wenger. There was fair. A fair amount that's linked Mourinho to the England job in the past, which realistically is never happening. Well, not now. I, maybe towards the end of his career, maybe. maybe. Maybe when he starts looking at retiring. But yeah, but, yeah I, I, I'm just looking at the table, though. And it's one that you, you always think, oh, going to Stoke's difficult. And Stoke will give you an hard game. Stoke have been poor this season. Uh, we've drawn with them twice this season, so one yeah. all twice. But that's not saying anything, let's be honest. Yeah. 13th? Yeah, it's not. It's I'm not surprised. Really. That's but this this is the thing. This is this is the interesting thing about anywhere down from seventh right now is that West Brom are only ten points above the relegation area. That's something that's really interesting. So I mean, yeah, it's, it's every single team around that sort of point from eighth between twentieth of all sort of like Stoke. Stoke could win, and a couple of teams could not like would like lose or draw, and then Stoke could be up to nine. Stoke, Stoke might finish like yeah top yeah. half. Yeah, it's really it's, it's currently really easy to get top half if you can win your Again, though, games. as a Stoke fan, we've seen they've changed the way they play football. It's not so much like hoofball anymore, that sort of thing. And Mark Hughes has had like he's had praise for that sort of thing, yeah. which is it's probably rightly so. It's fair enough. But is their ambition not to be pushing them Europa League spots and they're in thirteenth? And they haven't really I think made it much progress, really, have they? Yeah. But this is this is the thing is, is that the European all the European spots are held down now, like they really really are. Even even if it's Europa, it's, it, they they are held down by those top seven teams, which are arguably, you know, the top seven teams that should be there. I don't really see anyone else. We haven't really seen a massive challenge of the sort of status quo of the Premier League for a long time, apart from when City got bought and obviously Leicester sort of last season. Otherwise, it takes either a miracle, for example, Leicester winning the league, or it takes a lot of money to get a team up there. And that's kind of why we have this sort of, you know, sort of precedent of... Uh, I know what you're saying about a miracle with Leicester winning the league, but for me, they've proved if, if they could do that. I know they had Kante and Vardy had the season of his life, drink water was fantastic. They were a unit, though, and they stuck together as a team. And at the end of the day... They that did, Leicester but... team won, it did win the league, and you can't. I, I'm I'm a firm believer if you cannot fluke a league, you can't fluke a league. Like they didn't even fluke it either. There weren't many games where you'd think they didn't deserve to come out on top. That's the thing. No, that's true, but I, I don't think it's more of a fluke. I think it's more of everything came together at the, at the very. Oh yeah, right time. absolutely. It's something that we'll probably never see anything the equivalent of again in our lifetime in the Premier League, at least. But yeah. it's just, I don't know. I, I just. There's like that gulf, like you say, underneath seventh of like eight to ten teams that are sort of may, maybe not. There's if you look at that, you, you look at West Brom, Leicester, Southampton this year, Bournemouth, West Ham, Stoke. Like those mm. six teams, they're never really in danger of getting relegated. You want to say fair play to Bournemouth because you would have argued at the start of the season that they would be in the relegation battle, but again, they've been. They've never really looked like being in a relegation battle, so fair play to them. But yeah. it's it's just the Premier League structure now, the, the way money is and stuff with the clubs. Like nothing, there's not going to be a change from the top seven, really, is there? May, maybe like 
you I might think... see Everton drop out if they if they sell Lukaku. Yeah. The only way a top seven changes is if someone if one of the top seven teams get worse, not because of another team getting better. That's the only way it sort of happens. Which you could argue is some is sort of something that happened last season because a lot of a lot of the bigger teams were out of form. We were we were the current champions and we were terrible. Uh, the thing is, a lot of the current teams are out, like the big teams are out of form now. Arsenal probably could well be looking at their worst finish in I don't know how long, but a long time. United yeah. have been really, really indifferent, and I'd argue poor a lot of the season. To be honest, with the the home results is not acceptable. Yeah. City are, are going to win nothing and haven't been good. Their home record again not great. Yeah. Liverpool, considering they've had no Europe, have been disappointing. Yeah. And Tottenham have won nothing again. And I, the thing is, there was a point where we're going to come on to Tottenham. Tottenham a second above Liverpool City, United, Arsenal, which mm. in itself is a good achievement. Like, don't get me wrong. And they play arguably the most entertaining football in the league for my money. Yeah. But with that squad, everyone will say to you, oh, that Tottenham squad, it's a great, they've got a great squad, they've got depth in all positions, and they've got some of the best players in the league. Should they not be winning something? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. They should be winning something. But... They're not really coming close to winning anything. That's the thing. They're not that close to winning the league, realistically. Uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I think I think the, the result of them getting close to us was our indifferent form, which shouldn't have really have happened, to be honest. Like, they all sort of started from that Palace defeat at home, which uh, is... Which is really, yeah, and I think the that's, thing that's is, I know you're are. a Chelsea fan, but yeah. honestly, you've pissed the league. Like we have missed it, but there are, but, but there are times when it it couldn't have. There's, there's, there's definitely from being a Chelsea fan, there are definitely times at this season where it could have just switched instantly. For example, if we hadn't won at City, you got to remember at City when it, when it went into halftime. I remember I was with my friend Mick um, in in the pub. Uh, it's just so when we were at City away. We were 1-0 down at half-time. City came back out. They were absolutely slaughtering us. De Bruyne hit the post, and we went up the other end and scored, and that made it 1-0, and then we then yeah. had a couple yeah. of counters. And, and then De Bruyne the missed an open net, yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, was yeah. that what you thought about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, so, oh, no, he did. Oh, yeah, 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 that is what I'm talking about, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's what, that's what we went up the other end and scored about a minute later. That If that would have gone the other way, which it so easily could have done, that would have ended our winning streak, um, we wouldn't have we wouldn't have been top after the Minnesota win uh, two weeks later, and um, yeah, it just all sort of could have crumbled there. And again, it could have crumbled a few weeks ago because that lost the Palace. The game afterwards, we looked really shaky. I th- I thought after in that sort of game at home game against Man City. I mean, obviously it's against Manchester City, but we were really, really, you know, sort of passes were going really, very. Um, Couple of players went up to their form. That's sort of when Costa sort of lost a lot of his form as well. Um, from the sort of from the sort of ins- <clears throat> from the inside looking out, for example, uh, I, f- I would say. So a lot of people think we've just pissed it because the amount of points clear we are, but we have. Th- there's definitely been points where it could have crumbled. Just out of interest, do you mm. think Costa's staying? No. The body language sometimes has been poor on it. My heart, my heart says yes. My head says yeah. The head says no. That's what I think. Conte as well. Oh, Conte's staying. Definitely. I, I, how long? I do, how long do you honestly think Conte is going to stay with? I think Conte will stay as long as he sort of. The, the thing is, is if he keeps doing what he's doing, 
but for, for example, like, you know, he's come in now. He's come in and taken the team that finished 10th last season and won the league and possibly won the FA Cup and done a double. Possibly. Okay, um, yeah. When you that put it that way, yeah. Yeah. Considering he only had sort of three signings, which he was also laughed about, um, one of them being David Luiz, which I thought was a good signing, but you obviously, you, I remember your tweet was. It? Oh, abso- I, I absolutely thought it was, thought it was a, a terrible signing. Yeah, I, thought, yeah. I, don't, I thought he was a liability, and don't get me wrong, I think the lad's been brilliant this year. But then you but... also got Marcus Alonso, which I thought he played for Bolton. That's that was that was all you could really say about that signing. I don't. I, I, I can't I say I've ever seen watch Fiorentina play that much. I've probably seen him in a couple of games versus Inter. But that's it. Um, yeah. And then. But then he sort of brought the this this, this uh, that is largely Kante as well as our player this season. Obviously, um, it was a massive signing. But then largely it's the same group of players who finished tenth last season. Right. What I'll do is, if you follow the podcast this year, we've we've not done too many, but we've been doing a thing called uh, Gambling to Glory, which is basically been mm-hmm. me and Jake pitting ourselves against each other to uh, to see who's the better gambler, really, and. It went. It all went a bit pee-tong, probably after about week four for you, Jake, didn't it? So, <laughs> what we'll do is, we'll say, the loser was going to give £20 away to charity, and Jake's lost. So, you and him have a chance to redeem himself. If he can, it's, it's a tiebreaker in effect, and we're going to do it on the Premier League relegation battle. I'm even going to give you the satisfaction of picking. So, you, you, it's your own downfall if you lose. If you can pick... Who's going to get relegated from the Premier League? Sunderland and Middlesbrough. That's cheated. <laughs> <laughs> the, the remaining, the last spot, yeah. I'll, I'll pay you £20 to charity. But if you lose, you're paying for it. <laughs> uh, That's the deal you have to go with. It's either that or you just pay the 20 now. Double or not. It's, well, it's, double okay. or, it's double or I have to pay. Which is worse because I it's, it should be double our quits, but I I'm the only one who can really lose it. I say that you might have to pay for it. <laughs> By the way, anyone listening, uh, you can tweet me at Hughesy underscore nine four and Jake at J C Cage as in C A G E. Yeah. If you want to suggest a charity, go ahead because I'm not really sure at the minute well who will donate to but I'm definitely open to suggestions anyway I just thought it'd be a nice thing to do originally we were going to do a, a giveaway to someone but it just seems uh, we're charitable aren't we? we're charitable people you you don't need 20 quid as much as charities do and if if there's that much demand for it next season we'll do one for each we'll do a charity one and a fan one yeah that's yeah. it yeah 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 um so your decision is to tell me who is getting relegated in 18th position from the Premier League. I haven't even had a chance to look up fixtures. Oh my god. Um, yeah, I know I've put you on the spot, haven't I? I have <laughs> put you on the spot. Uh, I do think it'll be Hull. I just, I just think, from what I remember, Swansea have an easier run in. Um, and, yeah, I, d- I don't know. I just, it is hard. I think I I know Hull have got a ton of Hotspur coming up, which I think might actually be their last game. I don't actually remember um, which of their fighting to keep them up. But it depends if Tottenham have nothing to play for. This is fucking tough. Um, oh, sorry, I can't talk oh the language, oh, the language. Yeah. We're becoming an eighteen podcast. It's all your fault. <laughs> which you're rating on iTunes. Yeah, I'd probably say Swansea. Uh, no, Hull. I mean, Swansea are going to stay up. Hull are going to go. Down, I think. Are we discounting Palace then? 
I don't think Palace will go down. Who've Palace got? You've got the thing is, Palace come to Old Trafford, so that's a guaranteed point. Oh, there's a six pointer on Sunday. We're going to come on to this weekend's fixtures. Um, we might very quickly talk about the last fixtures of the season. There's a few in between, obviously. There's, the there's, game's been there's one thing I want to talk about, actually, which you reminded me of. I was actually going to suggest it before we, before we started recording. Go on. Um, everyone has this thing this season. And this is, this is me very massively biased, yes. But everyone has had this thing this season about Tottenham playing the best football in the league, right? Okay. I don't see how we cannot be playing the best football in the league. I, I, right. There's a difference between playing... I've had this argument recently with someone, actually. There's a difference between playing the best football and the best football on the eye. You're but, playing the best football because yeah. you won the league. And the best to watch. And, United yeah. might well win two cups this year. And they've played the best football in them tournaments. But to watch, it's, it's like watching someone stabbing your family members sometimes, to be honest, because it's it's pretty bloody painful. But it does the job sometimes. Like at the end of the day, football's a results business and we haven't got him in all things. But if United win a, a, the EFL Cup or whatever you want to call it and the Europa League this season, then it's a successful season. And it doesn't matter how we've gone about it. If Let's you look be at honest. the way... We played against Middlesbrough last night. Um, we were really, really good. Like we played some of the best football. Fabregas on fire, um, and Tottenham have played their best football against smaller teams. They haven't played amazing against bigger teams. They've scored some better goals, I would say. So, for example, like in the FA Cup semi-final against us, they they had they had some really good goals in that. Then so did we. Match his goal was sort of something else, um, and we also outscored them. Um, but they've their their best their best football, quotation marks, has been against the smaller teams, and that's kind of what we've done as well. It's an interesting argument. I just think on the, I'm not saying I've not, well I haven't enjoyed watching you win every game, but I'm not saying I haven't watched you and been impressed because you you've been pretty impressive. I'm just saying if I had to pick a team to watch every week this year in the Premier League, like over the season, it would have probably been Tottenham. It's it, it's one of them as well where like as a neutral, well obviously not a neutral, but do you know what I mean? It's nice to see like Kane and Ali doing well. So yeah, I, and I don't know, it's it's something different, isn't it? It's a bit of fresh air from like us, you, City, yeah. Liverpool, Arsenal. That, that's I think that's from any other point of view, like any majority of other fans that aren't involved sort of in the title race. And I'm not saying we United have been, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Like aren't in and around that top six. Would probably have said out of all the the six teams up there, they'd, they'd rather Tottenham win. Obviously, disregarding Disgusting. rivals like West Ham or whatever, but they are they are they've been entertaining to watch, and I think Pochettino's he's done he's he's done as as it's he's hard to well say he's as, done as well as he could be because they they failed in Europe. If we're being honest, they have failed in Europe. They have they like have two failed years in, Europe, in a row. But so. I don't think Tottenham are a European team. They're not. They're not a big. I don't think that's. I, I don't think that's fair. I think they've Europe. got plenty of depth and talent to be a European team. I just don't think the mentality's there yet. But it will be. I think it's time, isn't it? I don't think Pochettino will install that mentality. I don't think he will. I think he needs to be a bigger club to do it. I'm going to mm. say that now. I don't. I don't think. I. A Tottenham will be in the Champions League next season. Harsh. I don't think they'll get further than the, than the last sixteen. I think if Pochettino went to Barcelona or, or a big a big European club, that's stupid club, though. That, the thing is, I could go to Barcelona, and if I don't get to the quarterfinals in Europe, to be honest, I don't get near the final. It's a failure. 
I know, but I just, I just don't. I think installing that mentality, especially the, if you consider the fact that they're going to be at Wembley for the next few seasons, is that is. I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I'm not. I'm, I'm not belittling Pochettino as a club. I'm, I'm belittling the way that Tottenham have worked for a long, long time. That is something that they've worked for. That, that it's the same chairman. There, it's, it's, it's the same sort of thing. Um, <clears throat> I think they'll. I reckon. I don't think they'll do as good as they have done this season. I reckon. Because the thing is, next season as well, City and United are going to be back, and they are going to be battling and battling. It's the same that sort is of the thing, thing isn't it? Season. Like, there's a lot of teams this year that are, have failed, not failed, but they've massively that, underachieved. That should improve on this season in the top. Like, you'd, I don't know whether you'd say Liverpool should, but I, mean, I think personally they should be improving next year. I think, uh, yeah, I think they should, depending on signings. Which again, that's the, always the thing with Liverpool. It's difficult because. From their perspective, I'm happy with it, but the way they do transfers is just all wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Any team that goes through the board, I know Coleman's actually mentioned it about Everton recently, saying he's not really in charge of the signings, which is. It was almost like a dig to say that in a press conference. You're undermining your owners, aren't you? But I agree with him in a way. I think if you're the manager, it's like Fergie always said, like the. Ma- He's the most important man at the club. It's not your board. He's the man in charge of running the... Realistically, you're running the club, aren't you? I know you're not nowadays because there's so much to do with commercialisation and blah, 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 blah. But you you know what I mean. If you're the manager at a club, you should be top down. Everything that goes on the pitch has to go down to you. Yeah, why someone else doing your signings? It's just... I think think it works a bit more like sort of like we... Okay, here's a list of players that we can... A shortlist, yeah. So this is your shortlist. Go out and get this player and this player. But that that kind of doesn't. Again, that doesn't really work. Like the way Mourinho, like I, I personally don't think Pogba's been an amazing signing yet. But the way Mourinho was has probably gone and said, "I'll have him." And this is this is what Mourinho did when he was first at Chelsea as well. He's 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 like he essentially just go, okay, I want him, him, and him, and then just get done because that's how big that's how that's how big signings work. To not be able to do that in this day and age at a, at a big, massive, at a, you know, at a sort of super club, you can't. I just don't see how Liverpool are going to get to that sort of next stage because they they have regressed since from what they used to be. They've never been a club that have gone out and got big signings and then used them well to sort of win leagues and stuff. In fact, they've only been really a selling club to be honest. They've got Suarez and people like that, but. Um, they're never really going to get to that next stage unless Klopp can literally sort of say, "I need him and him. I need this player," and that's and that just has to be the end of it. And then they they have to go out and get them for him. True. Then, but it, does does Klopp even is does Klopp even work like that though? You look at the players that he signed before. I reckon he did sort of do that with Mane though. I reckon he looked at Mane and said, "That's the player I want," because the way Mane plays for him as well, the way Mane Mane's been at Liverpool has been has been well has been brilliant. Um, it's difficult, isn't it, to say like with with a team where the board is basically making the signs. It's hard to it's hard to criticise managers for signs because you can't. Yeah. But then again, I, I don't really know where how it's difficult to say where the book stops with like how because a, a manager, if they're under enough pressure, can then just blame the board. If like saying yeah. I haven't had my signs, which is it, it can work in your favour if you're one of them. If you're at a club like Liverpool, where I'd still say the majority are behind Klopp, I'd say so. Or maybe at United, say United, the board want to say 
it's not the same because it's not how we ran. But say we were ran like that, and the board want to say well, you're signing X X Y sort of thing. Yeah. And at United, everyone that I speak to, ninety nine times, ninety nine fans out of hundred are behind Mourinho. Yeah. And then he can sort of undermine the board because the, if we sacked him because of something he said, that the fans are just turned on the board. So that's the thing, though, is that Mourinho is big enough to do that. He's big enough to undermine boards. I think Klopp could undermine his his board if he if he said at the end of the day, if you don't let me have my signings, I'll walk. That that would cause enough anger, I think, I in the Liverpool fan yeah, base yeah. for him to be able, having to rethink their transfer strategy. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But maybe I, that's I, what I, someone I, needs to do. He, did it, you remember he was questioned when he first came in about the uh, transfer committee, and he said, "I already know about it. I know how it works." I think over the summer anyway we'll do the odd we'll, we'll do the odd uh, the odd podcast over the summer and of course do a roundup of what signings have gone on and yeah. our predictions for the following season which this year we, I, I know we did them at the start but this year I'll write them down properly somewhere where I can't yeah, forget yeah. them so that I can ridicule you or me at the end of the season <laughs> but uh, yeah just I think we're getting towards the end we won't we won't keep it too long this time but yeah. if you're going to say to me the top four we've got to say that haven't we yeah um, obviously Chelsea Tottenham's nailed on you know I really you know, you know what you, I have sort of an instinct that I, I, I don't know why but I just no, think I, don't, Arsenal... I think you're going to regret saying this in somewhere <laughs> where it's it's forever recorded because I know what you're I'm gonna probably going to regret saying it when they go and lose away to Southampton tomorrow but I really think Arsenal are going to nap top four I can just see it happening I can just see it happening it's you so can't, ba- it's you so can't see this happening but I'm shaking my head in disappointment <laughs> I just see Fenger going top four and an FA Cup final possibly beating us in the FA Cup if he was able to say that he can then say this is a successful season for us because it is for Arsenal. That's what they've done for quite a long time. And then he could then go out again and then do his transfers and all that and their failings in the summer. I don't I'm disappointed in you as a friend. <laughs> Someone I think has a Okay, but if if you look at it, right? Football. If you look at it, I'm not I'm not I'm not I can't say I've looked at cities and Liverpool's features and stuff like that. If Arsenal win tomorrow against Southampton, yeah. They're on they City, go fifth. They go fifth, they go above you, three yeah. points behind City. With a much inferior goal difference. Okay, right, okay. Um, and <laughs> Is there a back pedal? Oh. No, I'm, I, I, I'm not saying it's going to... Right, I, so if, if I was given a prediction, if I was a prediction with my head, a prediction with my head, I would say Chelsea, Tottenham, Liverpool, City, what it currently is now. That's why I would say it's going to happen. That's what will happen. Okay, but in, I, I, genuinely, I do sort of think that Arsenal can sort of nab it. So who's coming out of that then? City. I think City will come out of it. You think Liverpool will stay and City will be in, even though City have a game in hand? Yeah. Game in hand on Liverpool, yeah. Not on Arsenal, who I think Arsenal Oh, no, but on Liverpool. I know. That's a brave prediction. That is a... There's a lot of brave predictions there. I know. To say Arsenal are getting top four there is one thing, but to say that City will be the ones to miss out. It's it's sort of like me saying... Have you seen City's If there's going to be any big change, I think that's what's going to happen. But otherwise, if you actually sort of say it with your head, it's going to be what the current top four is. City's fixtures. Mm-hmm. Leicester at home. Ah, shit. Well, there we go. West Brom at home. Watford away. Mm. 
Are they dropping a point realistically? You say that, but look at who they've already dropped points to. Yeah, I guess so. Good said, yeah, but Liverpool, they've got Middlesbrough at home. So Leic- that's... Leicester beat them 4 1 last uh, yeah, this season already. And that was when they were under Ranieri still. I don't care. That's <laughs> not a thing. <laughs> it's not happened. Was it under Ranieri? Are you sure that wasn't like. No, no, that was Sienna. Yeah, I remember it. 4 1, they scored in the first 10 minutes or something like that. Yeah, they were 2 0 up dead quick, weren't they? Yeah, yeah that, was, that was when they were terrible. Stuff can happen. It's the Premier it's, it's, it's always. By the way, I don't think that was under Ranieri. I'm almost certain it was. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, but maybe it was. Maybe it was. <coughs> Either way. Tweet us. Tell us. We're not going to look. Tweet us and tell us. Tell us what if it was on the Ranieri or not. Um, I yeah. I, I just think that's going to be if there's going to be a big change. I think it'd be Arsenal replacing City. Because so how ironic these... would it be if all the media attention in this season was over Guardiola versus Mourinho, and then they both finished outside the top four. I would take that happening, sitting outside the top four, as long as we win the Europa. So, that'd which, be fun. Which you are going to do anyway. So. Yeah, yeah, no, so. That'd be fantastic. Everyone's doing that thing where it's like, yeah, you're going to win this, so that, then you just inevitably jinxes and then we lose. Well, this is, well, this, this is what I was saying as well, is that obviously <sighs> a lot of people are thinking that your biggest competitors in the Europa League would be Leon. Uh but I, I saying to uh, Charlie, another listener of the podcast, my friend, uh, he's already been on this podcast actually. Um, yes. <laughs> he was saying, I was, I was saying to him that Ajax would actually is probably your biggest, you know, competitor because Ajax do play some really good football and also they've got the youth thing of they don't have fear, but when it comes yeah. to a final and you come up against the defensive unit, it might be very different. But we'll see. None of them are in the final yet. But you that, never know. Finals could are change a lot, in both are down to sort of like fan base and stuff like that. So you got to imagine how many fans Ajax is going to take out there and things like that. I think in terms of the clubs that were left when it sort of started getting spoke about that you are going to win it, that everyone's sort of saying you're going. They're the two run. biggest teams left in the competition in terms of club stature for sure. Yeah, I think Ajax were the biggest team left. I think I really think they were. Jesus Christ! They were the biggest, not as in not as in bigger than you, but I mean, I really thought Ajax were you're just your biggest competitor in terms of if they. I thought you meant bigger than United. Then. No, 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 no. To be fair to Ajax, massive club, like massive, massive European club, club but you look it's at not it, people you look don't historically say as well. Yeah, absolutely, um, and historically, they're not far off us. Yeah, I, I, I just, I, I think they're your biggest threat in terms of, but I still think you're going to win it. It's Mourinho, and it'll be a cup final. That's kind of what he does. Right, well, I, I'm going to say the top four is going to stay how it is now. Liverpool and City. We'll have to see. Arsenal, they're not going to go to Southampton and win, go to Stoke and win, win at home to Sunderland and then win at home to Everton. I think they could. I just, I and just even if they, they do, Liverpool and City might win all their games. And they, they need City to or Liverpool... Actually, no, they've got games in hand. It is true. I, nah, I, just, I just don't see it. Arsenal won't get top four. I, I, if there's going to... I don't know. I don't know. So I, you're going with Hull to go down, yeah? I think Hull will go down, unfortunately. I like well, The thing is, is, I really like Marco Silva, but I'd rather Swansea stay up as a club. I'm just having a look now before I'm um, in my mouth and see what I say. Who's Swansea got this weekend? It's hard, isn't it? Well, I, Palo yeah, away at Palace, know. though. Which I think I, Palace would probably win. I agree with you. Yeah. Annoying that now. I've looked at that. Why have I given you this option to get a get-out close? Okay. Oh. What? 
<laughs> Sorry, what? Um, anyway, you can find us under the uh, the mature rated podcast this week because we've sworn about thirty times. Um, <laughs> Is that the royal week? Because I've said the I've said pissed once now twice. Whereas you <laughs> used all sorts of profanities. <laughs> um, I just wanted something I want to quickly address. Obviously, guys, we hadn't. This is our first podcast since uh, the end of January, I believe. Yeah, that that is shocking. But I mean, when some of us go gallivanting off to America for months, it's not that it's not ideal, is it? But we, <laughs> I'm only joking. But we will we'll address <laughs> it. Like we'll have one at the end of the season. Absolutely, definitely. If I have to drag Jake from London to sit in my bedroom in Greater Manchester to do it, <clears throat> I, I wanted to record last week. <clears throat> I wanted to record last week. <clears throat> but someone was busy um, as it goes um, but yeah just just yeah because guys uh, Husey does work I work and also I'm at uni as well um, but we'll we figure are... it out next season we'll, we'll we'll do a more clearer schedule as well of course yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll when, when, we, when there will be gaps which there inevitably will be like we'll say like, so yeah. the thing is we'll try and get some sort of consistency with it because I, I know like as a, a podcast with like a pretty small like viewership I suppose or whatever you call it, listenership yeah uh, it, you probably do want some sort of consistency at least someone like a, a bit of guidance as to when we'll upload or whatever so yeah anyway social media I'm at Husey underscore nine four yeah um, I'm at JC Cage um, and we also we're, for next season we're probably also going to set up a we, we will do that definitely yeah. Yeah. we'll set up we'll We'll set up a J and J talk football. But any views, if any views, I know I, I look on iTunes and I see that we do have a few hundred listeners listening to us every week. Guys, if you want to listen, if you want to tweet us, give us any sort of tweets because if we get enough, tw- if you know, if we get even a couple of tweets, we're gonna sort of say them out on a podcast and we're gonna talk about them as well. Um, you know, friction creates fire, etc., etc., etc. Anything else you want to say before we before we go off, Easy? No, I think we're good. I think we've we've done all right. Wonderful. Uh, so, guys, thank you very much for listening. This has been J and J Talk Football Week Eight. Thank you very much, and goodbye. Bye.